Hey, OT Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius, and you're listening to Pre-OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre-OTs, current OT professionals and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode. My name is Jessica and I am the theater and founder of OT Genius, where we help pre-OTs get into OT school. That is what we do. And I get this question a lot, obviously, just because of my career choice as an OT. Number one, what is occupational therapy? Number two, why did I share it? So I figured why not just kind of share a little bit about what that is and give people a little bit of insight as to what is occupational therapy, right? Like, I cannot assume that you as a pre-occupational therapy student know what occupational therapy really even is. I remember when I was a OT student, like actually in the program, one of the things that they made us do was give an elevator speech and they had us define it. I had never done that. So when I was a pre-OT and my parents, for example, asked me, well, what is this occupational therapy thing? Uh, I I think I get to work with people with disabilities. (laughs) And, you know, so that was where I was at, you know, and my knowledge at that time was basically pretty limited. And so let me give you a little bit of a spiel about what occupational therapy is or my elevator speech, what I like to tell people. And How I define occupational therapy is that we help people do the things that they need to do and want to do regardless of any mental health or physical health limitations. Boom. That is it. All right. And let's just now expand on that more broadly. Right now, as if if the conversation can get a little bit deeper, we can dive in more about what occupational therapy is. So. When you think about the word occupation, I really want you as a pre-OT to really start thinking more broadly. I think that there's a huge misconception out there that occupation is just basically like self-care, right? That you just help people with dressing and, you know, bathing and feeding and toileting and things of that nature. But it's just so much more. And I try to expand on that a lot because uh, there's a lot that you can do with this OT degree. And it's, if you know what you can do with it, then the more you can maximize your return and investment on the degree if you actually take that knowledge and do something with it. So occupation, it is things that we do every single day that we just take for granted. It could even be balancing our bank account. It could be just going grocery shopping and um, or it could be even cooking a simple meal, right? Just more life skills or adulting type of things that are more a little bit more complex and require a lot more 
executive function to do, right? So is, all of that too is part of occupation and what we do as occupational therapists. We help people do the things that they want to do and need to do regardless of any physical or mental health limitations. So maybe that does mean that the person wants to be able to balance their bank account. Maybe that means that they want to be more independent in the grocery store and be able to just be able to keep track of what it is that they need and have the organizational skills necessary to not leave the grocery store without things behind, right? Like how many times have do people go to a grocery store and they think, oh my gosh, I did not get the eggs that I needed or wanted, right? And there are compensatory strategies that we as OTs can can teach, right? So it takes a lot of like just common sense approaches too. Like for a scenario like that, what would you do? You would create a list, right? That's a compensatory approach for you to actually be more independent in grocery shopping, right? So making a list is something that can be very useful to anyone. So OT is also just universal. You could help many people with the skills that you have as an occupational therapist. And I just really want you guys to know that. So that's what occupational therapy really is in broad spectrum, right? And what we tackle is just everyday life things and from socializing and talking with others to just being able to even have the organizational skills and the emotional regulational skills to be in school. All of those things are just so necessary. And if you invest in your knowledge, the better you'll be able to just help the people that you're most passionate about. So that's what that is. Now, how did I get into occupational therapy? So I was in college when I... And I was majoring in sociology and I had this friend in the sociology major. We took all these classes together. Shout out to my physical therapy friend, Janet Lee, who studied sociology and was the one who got me into OT school, right? Or like gave me the idea. So there we are, right? Janet and I are both sociology majors and she's going the PT route. And she just tells me, Jess, I think you would make a great OT. And I kind of got thrown aback because I was just like, what is that? I never heard of that. Right. And she gives me her description of what she knew at the time. And in retrospect, it's hilarious. I'm never going to forget her response to me. She's like, well, as an OT, you could actually work on kiddos range of motions with the Wii, right? Like, in, I don't even think the Wii is even a popular thing anymore, but it, you know, people played the Wii back then and you technically, I guess, could adjust range of motion and it just got my attention. I'm like, no way. That sounds so awesome. Like there actually is a job for that. Like, no way. So you know, I asked her for the questions such as, do I need to take science classes in order to get into an occupational therapy program? And she said, yes, you need to take things such as anatomy and physiology, and you need to take courses like kinesiology and maybe neuro. And I was like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. I've been down that route. I actually was thinking about going into pharmacy school originally. And I left that idea because I couldn't even handle basic biology 101. All right. And what makes me think that I'm going to be successful enough to get into an occupational therapy program when I have to take all of these other science prerequisites that they're requesting of me and do well on the GRE as well? Like it was just a lot. Right. So I just brushed it off, but it stayed with me. And I felt like fast forward now to, 
you know, after graduation, right? So I had graduated and I moved to Texas actually to do AmeriCorps. So I was an AmeriCorps member and I was at an AmeriCorps conference. And I, at that conference, was asked to write a life mission statement. And my life mission statement, no joke, was to, like, this is what I wrote. I wrote, I want to live life to the fullest and help others do the same. I did not know that that was occupational therapy, the Occupational Therapy Association's motto, helping people live life to its fullest. When I saw that, I was like, no way. Maybe this is the career for me. And so I did a little bit more research and I saved up money because just FYI, if you already have a bachelor's degree, then what that means is that you have to pay for any other prerequisites that you need to retake out of pocket because there are no federal grants or federal aid for a secondary bachelor. So, you know, basically I had to retake these prerequisites. My advisor actually told me that I was not going to get into uh, OT school with my current GPA. And she essentially told me that I was not good enough to get into OT school with like with, with my classes and did not offer me any solutions. Didn't really tell me what classes I really needed to retake and how I was going to be able to get into the prerequisite classes because she's just like, well, no, you know, she's like, your GPA is not high enough to, to come into these prerequisite classes. So I don't, you know, she gave me no solution and I just felt super discouraged and I had to take my own route in order to be able to do what I had to do to get in. So I ended up taking the prerequisite classes and put in my own cash and was paying out of pocket for these classes. That was already scary enough for me personally, because I was thinking, what if I fail or what if I just don't get in to begin with? Did I waste all this money and take these prerequisites for nothing? So with all that said, I still got in. And I just did what I had to do. And I just, I want you to know that if you're in that position of, you don't know whether you're going to get in, if you are doing the right things and you have that community and you have that guidance and, you know, you're going to be able to know what your next step is. And that's what is just key as you move in through your application process or you're not just shooting in the dark. And so that's my key thing. I see many students all the time just shooting in the dark. All right. They're every year. So the last AOTA or American Occupational Therapy Association uh, student data report showed that there are 48,000 students that apply every year and only about 8,000 get into master's and doctoral programs. That is crazy. So it's very highly competitive. And so all I know is that if I can do it, then you can do it. I had a below 3.0 GPA and I still got in. So take this as a word of encouragement. And I hope that you have found value in this episode. Keep listening and tuning in so you can hear more of the stories. We actually have a small lineup now with some current students that have recently gotten in 
and are now have gone through my road to accepted program. They're now in OT school and I just am dying to see where they're at. And so there's more to come and I'm really excited about the future episodes. So be sure to keep an eye out and be tuning in to see what their stories are like. You know, you just heard my story. Why not hear the stories of others? Like that's what the purpose of this podcast is, is to be able to share the stories of students and even clinicians during their pre-OT years and how they got in and their process. And even we're going to be inviting, uh, you know, current universities to be on the show. So just keep that in mind. And I hope that uh, you tune in and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope that this has been of value to you and will get you one step closer towards becoming the OT that you want to be. One of the biggest problems I see is that pre-OTs, they try to do things alone. They do things in isolation and the connections that they have are minimal for many reasons. But we are changing that here at OT Genius and focusing instead on building a community for pre-OTs for them to have their first OT family and meet other pre-OTs current OT students and clinicians. To be a part of that awesome community, you can subscribe to our membership by going to otgenius.com. Just go to the tab, get me into OT school on the homepage, and you can join our awesome community there. You can also find our social medias and ways to get in touch with us on the website. So thank you again and see you in the next one.